Virginia. Where the spirit of 1.8 million West Virginians wills you to victory. Other places have pro teams, but in this state, the Mountaineers are a way of life. When I competed, and more that number, I competed for the state and for the people, not just for the university. Now, let's roll out the carpet and bring on the Mountaineers. That's not a spree. Yes! Alexander. And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into episode 13 of the 2022-2023 CRW Hoops podcast as we continue to cover the West Virginia men's basketball season. And how about our West Virginia Mountaineers here at Mountaineer Nation? Strong finish to the season, winning three of four. The only loss being a close loss at Kansas, a game that maybe they should have won, you could argue. So really, the Mountaineer team seems to be clicking at the right time here. They got it done, what we needed them to do in order to reach the NCAA tournament. Because could you guys hear that? I hear it. It sounds like dancing music to me. Sounds like a ticket being punched for the West Virginia Mountaineers. And I, for one, like most of you, I'm sure, couldn't be happier to see West Virginia get that final win of the season in the regular season finale there on Senior Day to also earn their 18th win of the season as West Virginia officially finishes the regular season at 18 and 13 overall and 7 and 11 in Big 12 conference play. You got to love it as a Mountaineer fan. Perfect time for the team to seemingly start to come together, it seems like, and start to kind of hit their stride at the right time here at the close of the season, winning three of four to secure their spot in the NCAA tournament. That is what is believed right to be the situation right now for West Virginia. As we head into the Big 12 Conference Tournament coming up starting this week, and we're going to try and cover that here on the Country Roads webcast as well. For those of you on the audio side, that will probably mean post-game reaction shows that will only be exclusive to the YouTube. So if you listen to this episode on the audio side, be sure you're hopped over to the Country Roads webcast YouTube page and subscribe there as well. Going to try and do some post-game reactions here for these West Virginia games throughout the Big 12 Conference Tournament as they will you know, close this week and Selection Sunday now under a week away and we'll know where West Virginia ends up in the NCAA Tournament. But hopefully we will get to see a nice run in a Big 12 Conference Tournament ahead of that. We're going to talk about that here in the latter portion of the show but before we get to that we're going to take a deep dive on the win over kansas state west virginia able to secure the win over the number 11th ranked wildcats the morgantown finale for 2022 2023 here in the west virginia men's basketball season senior day six seniors honored we know three won't be returning got high hopes the other three will make it back but we'll talk about that game and then got some mountaineer news we need to dive into before we preview West Virginia's first round matchup in the Big 12 tournament, which they will take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So that's kind of our schedule here in this episode of the CRW Hoops podcast. So stay tuned here on episode 13 as we continue to roll through here 
with a couple Mountaineer games to cover as well as some Mountaineer news sandwiched in between. As we kick it off with the recap of the win over Kansas State for the West Virginia Mountaineers on Senior Day. All right, so as I mentioned earlier in the intro to this episode, West Virginia pulls off the win over number 11, Kansas State, to get their 18th win of the year, 89-81, to pulling off the victory over the Kansas State Wildcats. have had a very good season, 23 wins on the year for them. They're securely in the NCAA tournament as well now. The Big 12 looking to get at least eight teams into the NCAA tournament in what is arguably the toughest conference in basketball. In my opinion, there's no argument. I think it's easily the toughest conference in basketball. But West Virginia finds a way to win seven games within that conference, gets them to 18 wins overall, and many believe that it is pretty much a lock now for West Virginia that they have secured their spot in the NCAA tournament with this win. Going to take a look at some of the stats here. As I mentioned earlier, if you're tuned in on the video side on the Country Roads webcast YouTube channel, you can follow along there on the screen as I share the screen with you guys. But if you're tuned on the audio side of this episode and listening, we appreciate you tuning in that way as well. You can find us on any podcast platform you like, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, you name it, you can find us. Just search Country Roads Webcast. If you are on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor and leave us a rating. That really helps out the show. If you're on any of the other platforms, though, be sure and share us around with other Mountaineer fans. You may know that you think would enjoy this as well. And if you are on the video side, what you can find, of course, as I mentioned on the Country Roads Webcast YouTube channel, you can also find it on the web at wvsportsnow.com where you can find some great Mountaineer sports content as we are part of the SportsNow family of networks and really appreciative of them. But if you're tuned into the video version, and viewing the show do us a favor hit the like button while you're in here really helps this video's performance which in turn helps the future videos performances on the channel as well if you just give it that little thumbs up button it really helps a lot having said that let's look at some of these numbers from the kansas state game i haven't really got a chance to look at these yet myself i like to kind of do a true reaction with you guys here on these podcast episodes so i try not to look at the stats too much after the game i just kind of watch the game and then wait to look at the stats whenever i record the episode so it's kind of more of a live reaction i mean going in it felt like west virginia shot a lot of threes to me you know i've, I've been saying i like better when they attack the basket but i felt like we had a good balance between the two in this game i'll see if that holds up here with the numbers and of course i'm surprised right here off the bat as kansas state got up eight more shots than west virginia actually we know west virginia and bob Huggins' formula is always to kind of try and get more shots up than their opponents, including get to the free throw line more, just more shots on basket all in general. Field goal attempts, though, Kansas State actually attempted 67 field goals in the game compared to West Virginia's 59, but both teams made 30 of those. So West Virginia actually shot 51% in the game compared to Kansas State's 45. So great job shooting the basketball for West Virginia. In this regular season finale, we've seen them do a lot better job shooting the basketball at home. Eric Stevenson's had some of his better games at home, although here in the latter portion of the season, he was playing good whether it was home or away. His fifth straight 20-point game in this uh, in this one, I might add. Of course, talk more about the individual numbers here in a little bit, but definitely had to go ahead and throw that in there. Speaking of Eric Stevenson, I know he had a few threes on the night. West Virginia took 22 threes, so you know, as I said going in, Kind of felt like they took a lot. That is a decent amount there, only hitting seven of them. You definitely don't like the percentage there for West Virginia, only 32% from the three-point line compared to a 43% mark from Kansas State, who was 12 of 28 there. The free throw line, though, ended up being the difference for West Virginia, as it has in a lot of their wins throughout this season. We know if they're getting a, lot, a good percentage of their points from the free throw line, that they're likely to win the game. That was the case again in this one. 25 free throws attempted for West Virginia, and they hit 22 of those. 
credit to West Virgi- this West Virginia team, indeed, I think, on these free throws because go back to the beginning of the season, particularly in conference play, West Virginia actually booking at conference play with matchups against Kansas State this season. It was their first conference game and their final conference game this season. West Virginia lost the first one, won the second one. That's a mark of improvement. But I think the biggest mark of improvement from this team this season, in my opinion, has been from the free throw line. I know earlier in the season, a lot of those conference losses of West Virginia started off really slow in conference play. Could be attributed to just missing free throws. If West Virginia would have hit a higher percentage of their free throws, they would have won those games. That was the case against Kansas State in the first matchup, actually. West Virginia missed a ton of free throws in that game. The complete opposite in this game, hitting 22 of 25, 88% from the line. And West Virginia has really done a great job from about the midpoint of the season on improving their free throw percentage as a team, well over 80% as a team. And when they're doing that, they're really tough to beat, especially when they're attacking the basket, as they have a lot of guys that can do that. We saw Kedrian Johnson do that a lot in this game and others as well, of course, Emmett Matthews and such. We'll get to the individual stuff later, as I mentioned, but definitely free throws. I wanted to mention just as a whole on the season, outside of this game, West Virginia really made it a focal point of theirs to get good at that, to get better at it after they struggled early on because they knew it could be a weapon for them to be able to get wins this season. And I think it's a big reason they were able to win, you know, three out of these final four games and probably lock up their spot in the NCAA tournament. Rebounds, unfortunately, Kansas State did out-rebound West Virginia 33-29. to They got 11 offensive rebounds, did the Wildcats. So that's the one thing you would like to see West Virginia improve on. Kansas State was getting a lot of opportunities on some – you know, multiple chances, even four and five chances at times, it seemed, on some possessions. But West Virginia, you know, typically has done a decent job rebounding the basketball this year. I know it's been a bit of a mixed bag, I guess you could say. Not really consistent, so that's probably the main issue you're looking at when it comes to rebounding there. West Virginia needs to do a better job keeping teams off the offensive glass in the Big 12 tournament and, of course, in the big dance as well. But fortunately in this game for the Mountaineers, it didn't end up hurting them too bad as they did a good job on the defensive glass at least and did grab seven offensive rebounds of their own. Turnovers. 20 turnovers for Kansas State. Awesome job by West Virginia, forcing Kansas State into a lot of turnovers. They were trapping uh, Marquise Noel off ball screens and in certain situations, and I thought that was a great formula, the way West Virginia was trapping at times. He has struggled when he has been double teamed at points throughout this season, and I think West Virginia knew that and seen that on tape going in and decided to trap him a little bit more than they have others throughout the season at times it hurt them they were able to swing it around and get some open shots but overall I thought it really worked out well for West Virginia they got some fast break points got some runouts off of it and really just kept forcing Kansas State into some mistakes and some critical situations and forcing the team into 20 turnovers is an awesome job there by West Virginia defensively and I think Just as free throw shooting has improved defensively, I don't think West Virginia is anywhere near where Bob Huggins would like to be usually, but I think they have, we have seen them steadily improve at least here throughout this season and get better as a team defensively. West Virginia, unfortunately, did turn the ball over 16 times themselves. We know this has been one of the main issues for West Virginia this season that's really haunted them at times. And West Virginia, you know, the bad news is you turned it over 16 times, higher than you'd like to see it. West Virginia's best games have came when it's been under 12 turnovers. To me, that's kind of the line I've been looking at here lately. If West Virginia get under 12 turnovers, they usually play 
pretty well. Uh, 16 is a lot more than you'd like to see, but when you force 20 and you have less than your opponent, you can't complain too much there. And then, of course, it was a back-and-forth game with a lot of runs. You see both teams having a large lead of double digits, Kansas State having a 10-point lead at one time, and then West Virginia running theirs up to 15 there late in the second half until Kansas State made it you know, a single-digit margin there, making it a little bit more respectable at the end with the eight-point West Virginia win. But I thought this was one of the better performances of the season overall for West Virginia, and it was very uh, nice to see them play well in critical situations here down the stretch, especially some of the senior leadership to really step up and say that, you know, we're not missing the NCAA term on senior day for West Virginia. Let's look at some of the individual performances that really stood out for West Virginia in this game. As we mentioned the senior day, that's a great time to mention it as a transition into the individual statistics because West Virginia really had their seniors show up in this game. As I mentioned, there's six seniors for West Virginia. But three of them, those being Jimmy Bell, Trey Mitchell, and Joe Toussaint, could return for West Virginia potentially next year if they want to use their extra year of eligibility and come back. And first cross they do because I think West Virginia could set up a nice team again next season that could potentially, you know, be an NCAA tournament type team as well. But the other three seniors cannot return for West Virginia. And those are three seniors that have been in the starting lineup all season those being Keedy Johnson, Eric Stevenson, and Emmett Matthews. And I think we can all agree all three of those have been key pieces for West Virginia in this stretch run here to end the season in which they really played some good basketball. And that was definitely the case in this game. They played a ton, 36 minutes for Keedy Johnson, 35 minutes for Eric Stevenson. And how about Emmett Matthews? We talked about his grit and just his ability to grind and persevere despite being exhausted in a very gritty win on the road at Iowa State, getting ice packs on his neck on the sidelines, drinking Coach Huggins' water, as we've now learned as well. In this game, he plays all 40 minutes, goes the whole distance, and really had one of the better games of his career. And I think he's having a great close to his career, and he's looking to have a storybook ending. I think him and Eric Stevenson as well, they're really, you know, they know each other since high school, and I think now they're finally adjusting this team and getting the chemistry right. And I think both of those guys have a will to win that can really help West Virginia in a tournament situation, but we'll see how it pans out starting with the Big 12 tournament and then, of course, the NCAAs. But Emmett Matthews, 20 points, six rebounds, four steals, two blocks. Awesome performance. Can't say enough. Nine of 11 from the field. Barely missed a shot. Two of two from the free throw line. And then Kedrian Johnson. I've mentioned it before, and I'll mention it here again. Amazing performance from him, you know, time and time again defensively. No doubt, I think when he has a tough matchup of a guard that people name as a star is when we see the best Keedy Johnson. We saw him do it against Jelly Walker early in the season. We've seen him do it against some other big-time guards in the Big 12. And in this game, I think Marquise Noel in the game he had in the first matchup against West Virginia, Kedrian Johnson kind of took personally. Marquise Noel did get his points in the second half, but he was scoreless after the first half. And Kedrian Johnson was really wreaking havoc defensively in this ballgame. Six steals for Kedrian Johnson to go along with six assists. And as I've talked about time and time again on the podcast, his offensive improvements have really been vital for this West Virginia team. The way that he tacked the basket is unmatched, and they were really letting him do that in this game, sometimes overloading one side, letting him attack on the opposite side, and he was getting to the rim 
every time. And if he wasn't making it, he was usually getting to the free throw line, and he's been very successful there. Was again in this game, 14 of 15 from the line, getting the majority of his points there. So from the three seniors that will not be returning to West Virginia in their final game in the Coliseum with an NCAA tournament berth on the line, they really show up and show out. All three of them scoring up 20-plus points. 20 from Emmett Matthews, 23 from Kedrian Johnson, and 27 from Eric Stevenson. And as I mentioned earlier, that's the fifth consecutive 20-plus point game for Eric Stevenson, really having a strong end to his career in college basketball. And I hope he gets able to end it on a high note with some great tournament performances as well because he certainly has a makeup of a guy that could take over March Madness and really be a star there. So I'm hoping to see Eric Stevenson continue this hot streak into the tournament. And then how about Trey Mitchell with a bounce-back game, a game after being ejected, 14 points, six rebounds, two blocks, and one steal for Trey. He played 39 of 40 minutes as well, four or seven from the field and five or six from the free throw line. Those were the only Mountaineers in double figures. The only two Mountaineers to score were Pat Sumnick, who added two points and four rebounds. I think we've started to see him emerge a little bit here in the latter portion of the season, and West Virginia is going to need him, as I suspect Mo Wagee will be out for the remainder of the season. So you're going to have a Conquo and Sumnick coming off the bench as your big men. And then Joe Toussaint, he's been vital for West Virginia this season. And in this game, he was the only other bench player to score three points, two assists, and one rebound, or excuse me, three points, two rebounds, and one assist. Had those backwards there, but also added a, a steal, but he did some good things there defensively as well. Took some charges and things like that. So not his greatest game, but when the starters were showing out as much as they were, they didn't give a ton of minutes to the bench games. It was a heavy starter game for West Virginia just because the way the starters were playing. As I said, your four main starters there, Kedrian Johnson, Eric Stevenson, Emma Matthews, Trey Mitchell, all playing 35-plus minutes, 20-plus points from three out of the four, and then Mitchell adding 14 as well. And that's where your scoring comes from, and West Virginia gets the big win over Kansas State, and we're going dancing, Mountaineer Nation. How about that? And before we get there, though, we're going to have to play a Big 12 conference tournament, and who knows what could happen there. This West Virginia team is clicking at the right time, but let's take a look at the Big 12 tournament bracket here in Mountaineer News. After we address a couple of other news subjects we got to cover here in this segment of the podcast, but we will take a look at the Big 12 tournament bracket to close out the Mountaineer News segment, which will lead into our preview of West West Virginia's first round matchup and what will be the first game of that conference tournament as they'll take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And we'll talk about that to close out the show. But before we get there, of course, a little bit of Mountaineer news. All right. So first up here in Mountaineer news, I wanted to touch on West Virginia adding a transfer player for next season's West Virginia men's basketball season and what would be the 2023-2024 WVU basketball team already dipping into the transfer portal, getting a commit from Omar Silverio coming from Manhattan where he never got a chance to play. He's actually a childhood friend of Jose Perez, who we know is already on the WVU roster, didn't get a chance to play this season. We'll be around next season. The two were going to play together in Manhattan. Manhattan's coach was fired, which led to the slew of transfers out. Omar Silverio actually sat out this entire season before committing to WVU. He will need a waiver, 
But I think, uh, fingers crossed, this one has a better chance of going through, in my opinion, considering the fact that he just sat out this entire season. I would be absolutely shocked if it's not approved. But, you know, we've seen how that goes before. But West Virginia adding Omar Silverio, I think, is great for the Mountaineers. Another veteran in college basketball. And the fact that you're going to have two veteran players that have been around college basketball a while in your backcourt next season is going to help. And the fact that their childhood friends should do a lot of things for the chemistry of the basketball team altogether. And you should have a very cohesive backcourt with Omar Silverio and Jose Perez teaming up there. Definitely, if you haven't heard this yet, he averaged 11 points and 3.3 rebounds while at Hofstra, but did have multiple 20-plus point games, including a 40-point game as well. What you can find highlights of in this article that I'm sharing with that you guys can see on the video side here that you can find over at WVSportsNow.com. So in case you want to check that out and see a little bit of his game and one of his best games in college is he scored 40 points there when he was at Hofstra. So he's a great shooter. I think he'll be another three-point marksman for West Virginia kind of similar to what Eric Stevenson was this season. I think him and Perez could give West Virginia a pretty good backcourt next season, so I'm excited about the addition of Omar Silverio. I did a video about this already on our YouTube channel, but I know some of you guys that listen to only the audio versions may not have heard about this yet, so I wanted to touch on it in Mountaineer News. But the other couple of subjects I wanted to touch on, of course, are more related to West Virginia's Big 12 Conference Tournament game those being a news item in regards to who will be running the sidelines for West Virginia's opponent. And then, of course, just wanted to show you guys the bracket and talk a little bit about it before we preview that matchup. All right, so breaking news earlier this week, West Virginia actually will be facing an interim head coach when they take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders as Texas Tech has suspended head coach Mark Adams for some racially insensitive and inappropriate comments that he made to some of the players last week, I guess during practice. And uh, Texas Tech has decided to suspend him for the time being. Although the Red Raiders have not named that interim coach, we do know that West Virginia will be facing an interim coach when they take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, which will actually be the first game of the Big 12 conference tournament. So very interesting stuff there coming out of Texas Tech as it immediately affects West Virginia's opponent. I don't know where Texas Tech's team's head will be at with you know whatever happened with those comments in practice already being an issue for one but also now the coach being gone and you're bringing in an interim guy that's going to have to try and rally um, those players together after such a traumatic incident in both ways so it's uh very interesting and who knows what type of texas tech team will show up it could be a team that's checked out without you know ncaa tournament hopes on the line and with something like this going on or it could be a situation where the interim coach, like I said, comes in and rallies and you have a very hungry Texas Tech team. But West Virginia certainly needs to be ready, and I think they will just because of how the last matchup with Texas Tech win a game that many expected West Virginia to win it being at home. So it's very interesting, and we're going to see what happens in the first round of the Big 12 tournament, but also we'll kind of be looking to see what happens at Texas Tech moving forward if Mark Adams even comes back or if they decide to go ahead and fire him now and move on from him because I think there had already been reports of them not being really happy with him. So they may go ahead and cut ties. Who knows? We'll see what happens with it. But we do know that he will not be on the sidelines when West Virginia plays the Red Raiders this week in the Big 12 tournament. It will be an interim coach. So wanted to cover that here in Mountaineer News. Lastly, let's take a look here at that Big 12 conference tournament bracket. Look at West Virginia's first-round matchup, who they'd be played in the second round, and kind of their road if they were to want to make a run in this conference tournament here as we get set to 
hit postseason play here. Okay, and lastly, but certainly not leastly here in Mountaineer News, wanted to talk about the Big 12 Conference Tournament coming up. Starting this Wednesday, West Virginia, as I said, will be playing in the first game. It will be at 7 p.m. It's tipping on ESPNU. West Virginia taking on Texas Tech. The Mountaineers secured the eighth seed in the tournament. They're taking on the ninth seed, Texas Tech Red Raiders, in the first game. The only other game on Wednesday being the seventh seed, Oklahoma State. Cowboys taking on the tenth seed, Oklahoma Sooners. So you get a little rivalry there in that first-round matchup as well. If West Virginia wins, they would face Kansas in the second round. That game would be Thursday at 3 p.m. on either ESPN or ESPN2. West Virginia would then face Kansas in the second round. And then if they were to beat the Jayhawks there, they would go on to face the winner of the Baylor and Iowa State game in the second round with the semifinals there being at 7 p.m. on Friday and the championship game being Saturday at 6 p.m. on ESPN. So West Virginia would need to win three in a row in order to win a Big 12 Conference Championship. But the Mountaineers have arguably the toughest second-round matchup if they are to beat the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They would face the regular season champion Kansas Jayhawks and the defending national champions as well that a lot of people are thinking may make a run at a repeat. We'll see what happens as it is bracket season coming up. With that being said, wanted to take a second and mention ESPN Tournament Challenge coming up. You guys that played that game, I'm sure, we're going to have a CRW group on there. I'm going to put a link to it in the video description. If you're on the YouTube side, we'll try and put it in the show notes on the audio side as well. Come along, play with us just for fun. Let's see who has the best bracket and wins once the brackets come out next Sunday. Definitely come and play with us here in the Country Roads webcast group. It's just titled CRW, but I'll put a direct link and how to join it in the video down below and try and get some of the CRW community involved and have some fun with us here with a little ESPN tournament challenge fun. Got to love bracket season, right? But before we get to those brackets, got to go through these conference tournament brackets. And the Big 12 tournament starts Wednesday night with West Virginia and Texas Tech. Let's take a look at that game and preview the matchup with the Red Raiders and see if we think West Virginia can come out with a win to start postseason play here on episode 13 of the CRW Hoops podcast. Okay, so as you guys saw there with the bracket in the Mountaineer News segment, West Virginia, the eighth seed in the Big 12 tournament, taking on Texas Tech, the ninth seed in the Big 12 tournament, 16 and 15 overall and 5 and 13 on the season. Did the Red Raiders finish in the regular season there? Whereas the Mountaineers, as I said, 18 and 13 overall, 7 11 in Big 12 play. Coming up Wednesday night, 7 p.m. tip, going to be on ESPNU there. ESPN FPI predictor looking at this game, 63% chance to win for West Virginia versus a 37% chance for Texas Tech. So the Mountaineers certainly appear as if they'll be favored in this game. Last five games for both of these two teams, Texas Tech actually on a three-game losing streak currently, losing three out of their last five. Those losses being to TCU, Kansas, and Oklahoma State. And as I mentioned there in Mountaineer News, going to have an interim coach on the sidelines as well. 
West Virginia certainly doing a lot better job winning three out of their last four with the only loss being to the number one team in the Big 12 that they lost two by two points on the road. Wins over Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and of course Kansas State as we recently talked about. So the Mountaineers certainly appear to be in a better spot heading into this tournament, but the last meeting between these two teams did not go West Virginia's way. As we know, Texas Tech has some players back in Pop Isaacs and the big man there that really hurt West Virginia in that one. How these teams match up statistically, though, the Mountaineers averaging 77 points a game compared to 74 for the Red Raiders. While the Mountaineers are giving up 71 points a game, the Red Raiders are only giving up 68.7. 46% field goal percentage for the Red Raiders, 45.5% field goal percentage for the Mountaineers. Red Raiders also rebounding at a higher clip, 35 rebounds a game compared to West Virginia's 33.8. Nearly dead even on assists, 13.2 for West Virginia, 13 for Texas Tech. 2.9 blocks a game for the Red Raiders, 3.1 for the Mountaineers. 7.4 steals a game for Texas Tech, 6.6 steals a game for the Mountaineers. So these two teams actually match up pretty evenly across the board there. Team stats-wise, individual standouts. Texas Tech, it's Kevin O'Banner leads them in points and rebounds, 14.4 points per game, 50% from the field. 81% from the free throw line, six and a half rebounds a game. I think he's a great player for them. Harmon leads them in assists, three and a half a game. But as I mentioned, Pop Isaacs is a player that was injured for them a lot of this season. Getting him back, I think, has been a big addition to their team. He can score it, but he can also really run their offense and dish out some assists of his own. And the big man whose uh, name I have uh, trouble pronouncing there, he's really been a force since he came back as well, was one of the top transfers in college basketball. And since he's came back, I think Texas Tech has been a different team. And West Virginia saw that in their most recent matchup with the Red Raiders. But hopefully West Virginia has this one circled on their calendar and probably are glad that they are match up with Texas Tech in this first round because they want to get a little bit of revenge. Leading that charge will probably be Eric Stevenson, who with his after his fifth straight 20-point game that I mentioned earlier is now up to 15.5 points per game on the season, 44% field goal percentage, 79% free throw percentage, and as if he needs any more fuel to his fire, the Big 12 conference teams were announced this week and he was only selected to the third team actually can you believe that only to the third team and hardly any other mention of any WVU players anywhere so hopefully that's some locker room material for West Virginia as they head into postseason play I know Eric Stevenson tweeted out the uh, Michael Jordan gift there that it's now personal to him so uh, I think hopefully it's some motivation for Stevenson we'll see if he shows out here in the Big 12 Conference Tournament and the NCAAs but West Virginia goes as he goes as we know so hopefully he does do that Trey Mitchell has taken over as the leading rebounder for West Virginia. We've seen Jimmy Bell's face here a lot all season, but Trey Mitchell has really done a good job rebounding the ball as of late, averaging over five rebounds a game at 5.3. He's the Mountaineers' leading rebounder, and Kedrian Johnson remains the Mountaineers' assist leader. Over three a game, not pictured here. Emmett Matthews, who I think is having a great close to his career, and as I've mentioned in the past, is the heart of this team to me, and the glue guy. I think he steps up as well in this tournament. I like the matchup with Texas Tech for West Virginia, not simply because I think West Virginia matches up with them well, but the aforementioned loss that West Virginia suffered, I think, is going to be a motivating factor. I think the revenge factor is going to be at play. I think West Virginia is going to show up and be ready to get this win and go face the Kansas Jayhawks. So if you're asking me for a prediction, I like the Mountaineers in this one by eight or nine points over Texas Tech. I think 
it even could be a double-digit win for the Mountaineers in this one. I know that sounds crazy after you lost this team the last time you played them, and they still have some of those players back that really hurt you in that game that they didn't have in the first matchup when West Virginia was able to defeat them in Lubbock. But I think the fact of them not really having too much to play for, they're probably not going to make the NCAA tournament save making a big run in the conference tournament. That in a company of the drama that's going on right now within their team because of the things that happened with their coach and an interim coach walking on the sidelines now running this team who knows how much different he's going to be just a lot of factors that I think when put together seem like they're going to affect Texas Tech negatively and that in accordance with the West Virginia team that really seems to be hitting their stride right now I think the Mountaineers win this one Fairly easily, I'll say a 7-10 to 10 point victory overall for West Virginia. And they'll move on to face the Kansas Jayhawks. Like I said, I'm going to try and do post-game reaction for this game. So head over to the Country Roads Webcast YouTube channel and look for that at the, after the conclusion of the game. And I'm going to try and do that for West Virginia's games throughout the Big 12 Conference Tournament as they hopefully have a couple to play here moving forward. But that'll pretty much wrap up this preview against the Red Raiders. I think the Mountaineers get a win, and we'll see them play again in the Big 12 Conference Tournament. But nonetheless, we'll see them play in the Conference Tournament's very first game, no matter what, at 7 p.m. on Wednesday night, as I said, televised on ESPNU if you want to check it out. But hopefully my prediction rings true, and West Virginia is able to pick up a first-round win in the Big 12 Conference Tournament over Texas Tech. All right, so there you have it. That will do it, Mountaineer Nation. Wrap us up here on episode 13 of the CRW Hoops podcast. West Virginia finishing the 2022-2023 regular season at 18-13 and 13 overall, 7-11 in Big 12 conference play as we roll into postseason play now, and hopefully the Mountaineers have gained some momentum at the right time. Looking forward to seeing what happens. As I said, with the Big 12 Conference Tournament coming up, going to do some post-game reactions here on the Country Roads Webcast YouTube channel. So be sure and look for those. I will try and drop some more podcast episodes here in the future. At least around Selection Sunday, we'll have another one coming out. So be on the lookout for Episode 14 of the CRW Hoops podcast as well. Appreciate you guys tuning in, whether you viewed this episode on YouTube or listen to it on the audio side on any podcast platform you like. We appreciate you any way you take us in here at the Country Roads Webcast. Be sure and follow us on Twitter as well, at WVU Country Roads, Country Roads Webcast on Instagram and on Facebook as well if you want to give our pages a like on either one of those platforms. But appreciate you tuning into this one. Looking forward to some strong postseason play from the Mountaineers as they seem to be clicking at the right time, and we'll see what happens. It could mean big things for West Virginia, but it starts this Wednesday night with the Big 12 Conference Tournament opener against Texas Tech. Let's go cheer on the Mountaineers and get ready for a run through a conference tournament and a run through the big dance. As always, I'm Jordan Cruz, and until next time, let's go Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...